Thank you for that, and thank you for being back here and in your place uh, tonight, and uh, I, just so you know, I see the clock, it's like right in front of me, and I know that we're a little bit later than normal tonight, and so um, deal with it, okay? Just kidding, just kidding. I won't go as long tonight. I know it's been Sunday night's kind of a long day. You've been serving and doing a lot of things. And by the way, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. A lot of good things are happening, and uh, thank you for that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we've been on Sunday nights. Someone came to me yesterday, like the last three weeks or so, we've had a lot of guest speakers. It's just they were in town, and uh, I haven't really preached much. And someone came to me yesterday, like, so, so are you taking time off? Or just, are you preaching anymore? What's going on here? I'm like, well, if some of you had your way, that's probably the direction we would go. But, um, but we had a lot of good messages lately. You know, I, I like, <clears throat> now I don't need to listen myself, but I like sitting around and hearing preaching. We've had some really good messages from Brother Board, uh, Brother Joseph's message, Brother Esposito, uh, Brother Pastor Hansen last week. And, uh, man, we've just, just been fabulous and so very grateful for that. And... <clears throat> But no, I'm not retiring. Um, <clears throat> but we've been, when I was preaching a few weeks ago on Sunday nights, we were going a little message that kind of cr- turned into a series about not quitting. Our theme this year has been now is not the time, and really, now is not the time to quit on God. And that happens if we're not careful. And remember, I've said over and over <clears throat> the few times I was up that. Um, what Christianity needs today from, from Christians is two things, commitment and consistency. A lot of times we'll give commitment, but we won't follow through, and there's no consistency. And so that's what God wants from us. These two go together. <clears throat> there are a lot of obstacles when we think about quitting that, that come across that could take us out. I remember, it was a long time ago, probably 40 years ago when I was really, really young, I saw this animal documentary, and it was about sea turtles. And <clears throat> what the mothers would do is they come and lay their, they come in, in, in off of the beach, and they'll lay the, all the different eggs, thousands and thousands and thousands of eggs. <clears throat> and the time comes when those eggs start to hatch, and, and the baby turtles now are in a mad dash to get to the ocean. I mean, anybody ever seen anything like that? I think what Joseph does. And I was watching this and, 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 and just watching it. I'm like, that's like Christianity. I saw that right away. And there were so many things taking these baby turtles out. The first thing was some of them had trouble getting out of the shells. And they would get stuck in the shells and they didn't make it. They died. Then they would bust out. They get out of the sand. They get out of the shells. And as soon as they got out of the shells and started running towards the water, there was thousands of birds there. And the birds are just picking them off. Eating them. But there were some that got through it, John, Brother John, and they would get down to the ocean, and the tide would come and knock them over, and they're stuck on their back. And they would either die or they would become, you know, bird food. And then there was this small group that would get to the ocean. And you know what was waiting for them right off the shore in the shallow end? Fish. And it was a feeding frenzy. I heard that, uh, (coughs) I checked this, the statistic is one out of a thousand made it out of the ocean, past everything, and into the deep sea. And then I heard this, one out of 10,000 actually make it to adulthood. There was just all these different things waiting to take them out. I thought about that, and we have an enemy as well. His name is Satan. His goal is to take us out. 
His goal is that if you're not a Christian, that you never get saved. That's the ultimate for him. But once you're saved, it's almost like, and we talked about it this morning, we talked about the different sticking points where people get stuck and they don't, they don't, they, they, they don't grow anymore. And he has all these different things that keep us from growing. And then what happens is some people start to grow. And then he gets them in the early stages. I, I, by the way, I've seen it over and over and over. Someone will get saved, <coughs> will start coming to church, and they'll start progressing, and then something comes to take them out of church, Something comes to get them off that path of growing for the Lord. But the sad thing is there are people that start to grow, and they get pretty far down the road. And then something else comes, and it trips them up. I don't want to give in to the, the enemy. I don't want to, to, to give in <coughs> when there are tough times. This was written by Paul to Timothy. Paul is one who didn't quit. By the way, if anybody ever had a right to quit, it would have been Paul. He got saved, he started growing, he started ministering, he started experiencing fruit, but he experienced a lot of trials in his life. He faced persecution. <coughs> he faced imprisonment. And as we read in the, the, the part of the story today, he faced abandonment by others who used to serve with him, and they stopped. Paul faced a lot of that. <coughs> but I like his testimony. This is coming towards the end of, of Paul's life. This is kind of like his swan song, right? He's coming into the life and he's reflecting on, 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 on what's going on and he's trying to pass these truths on to a young, a young preacher, Timothy. And his testimony should be our goal, to be honest with you. Finishing his life the way he should. I have fought a good fight. Now that didn't mean he was married, okay? He said, man, I'm married. I don't want to fight the good fight. Couples retreat in November. I think I've mentioned that, okay? I have finished my course. He said, I, I've been in the race. You know, the Christian life's like a race. And, 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 and I'm getting to the end. I'm going to make it to the finish line. And he says, I have kept the faith. I didn't live for God for a little bit and then backtrack. I made it to the very end. You say, well, that sounds proud. No, this is God's scripture. And God used his testimony and brought that into scripture. And it's absolutely true to show us that we, like Paul, can get to the end. And that's where he's getting. <clears throat> we saw that in the very first message where Paul talked about it. But you say, well, everything must have been good for Paul. No, we saw that Demas forsook him. <clears throat> if you read two verses back on that, we didn't read it for sake of time. Uh, Alexander the coppersmith, he said, did me much evil. You know, I always thought, man, you know, it would be nice. You're like, boy, I would have, I would have loved to have my name written in the scripture. Not Alexander. Okay, that's not the way you want your name written in the scripture. And so Paul's like, all these things, and then he said in verse 17, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. You see, there's always going to be <coughs> times that we could tap out, we could quit, we could move on, and, and this Christianity thing's not working. But it's at those times, if we'll stick with it, that we find out that the Lord doesn't forsake us, and that he'll strengthen us at that very time when we don't think we can make it. That's very important. Now what we have been doing is giving examples of this. Because <clears throat> as I mentioned the very <clears throat> first of this little session is that um, um, there is one thing that guarantees that you as a Christian will not quit in your faith, be diverted or be stopped. And it's scripture. The word of God. That is the only thing that will guarantee it. 
You know, you can man up. And by the way, I'm all for manning up. We don't need kin Christianity, right? Okay? We need men. And, and, and we need ladies that are tough as well like that. The things of life come their way and they just stick it out. And, and I'm all for that, but can I just tell you something? That can only go so far if it's detached from the Scripture. If the Scripture's not a living, vital part of our life, we're still not going to make it. We looked at a couple already. We looked at Jeremiah who didn't quit in the midst of discouragement. As he sat there in the stocks and he's thinking in his mind, he got out of the stocks and he was thinking, this is crazy, this is nuts, I'm done. I'm not going to talk about God anymore and I'm not going to talk for God anymore. But what did he say? <clears throat> but his word was in my heart as a burning fire and I was weary with forbearing. He said, I, I kept trying to fight it but... I just couldn't. I had to keep going forward. We looked at Peter. <clears throat> Peter didn't quit during failure. <clears throat> Remember when he, he told the Lord, I will stand with you. And, and, he, and, and, he, and he, you know, he cut someone's ear off. I'll give him a lot of credit for that. But, but then he ran. And then he denied that he knew the Lord. But after he denied, what happened? The word, he remembered the words that Jesus told him about. And he got right. And 50 days later, he preached at Pentecost and thousands got saved. I want us to look in the brief time we have at one more tonight. Turn to Luke chapter number 24. I want to look at the disciples of, of, of Emmaus. It's a very well-known story. <coughs> they didn't quit because they were confused. And by the way, <coughs> as you're turning there, Sometimes things happen in life and they're very confusing, are they not? We've had situations with people or friends or family or situations, and I'm like, you know, if I was God, I wouldn't have let that happen, which God just very quickly reminds you, it's a good thing you're not God. I know what's going on here. But I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's not what I would choose, and you can get confused about things. But that's okay as long as you don't let the confusion stop you. How do you do that? Look at verse number <coughs> 28. And they drew nigh, Luke chapter 24 and verse 28. And they drew nigh into the village, <coughs> whether they went. This is after they've been traveling on the road to go home. Now, let me give you the story. So Jesus was with them, but they didn't know it was Jesus. Okay, these discouraged believers. And they're going home after Jesus' death, and they don't quite understand. They're confused about what's going on. It didn't turn out the way they thought. And as they're walking home, Jesus comes, the resurrected Christ comes and walks with them. They don't know it's him. And so they're, they're pulling up to their, to their village where they live. And they drew nigh into the village, whether they went. <clears throat> and he, speaking about Jesus, made as though he would have gone further. In other words, Jesus is walking with them. And they're like, all right, we're home. And Jesus just acts like he's going to keep walking. They didn't know it was him, of course. Verse 29, but they constrained him, saying, abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. <coughs> and he went in to tarry with them. They're like, look, <coughs> it's late at night. You're traveling somewhere. Um, why don't you just come, stay with us, and you can take off in the morning, that type of thing. They're being hospitable. Verse 30, <coughs> and it came to pass, as he said it, meet with them. They, they're going to feed him. He took bread, Jesus, and blessed it, and break and gave to them. And at that moment, <coughs> something happens. Verse 31. 
and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. In other words, when Jesus ate with them, and he broke the bread, and he prayed, some think that maybe they saw his nail-scarred hands. But whatever, God took the weight, the scale off their eyes, and they're like, it's Jesus. And Jesus disappears. His work there was done. But look what they say in the next verse. And they said one to another, <clears throat> did not our heart burn within us? They're not, not talking about heartburn, okay? You know, the meal must have been pretty bad. All right, no, no, that's not what we're talking about there. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way <clears throat> and while he opened to us the scriptures? You see, these guys were coming from Jerusalem. They were going home to Emmaus. That's about a seven to eight mile trip. By the way, they didn't Uber, okay? They walked. That's a long trip. By the way, you know what makes a, a long trip longer? When you're discouraged, when you're, just, when you're confused. And here they are, they're confused about everything that's going on, and they're going home kind of with their tail tucked. A long trip, several hours, <coughs> and Jesus comes to talk to them. They had heard from the women that the tomb was empty and Jesus was alive, but, you know, for some reason they didn't want to believe that or they were confused about it. And Jesus comes and talks to them. Jesus is like, why do you guys look sad? What's going on? You can read it in the verses uh, that, that <coughs> before the ones we read. And they're like, are you a stranger? Haven't you heard what happened? And, uh, and so Jesus lets them tell the story, and you know what Jesus did? He shared from them from the scriptures, like, well, if he's the Messiah, shouldn't this have happened? Isn't this what the Bible said? Isn't everything right there? Isn't that lining up exactly the way the Lord said it was supposed to line up? And as he shared all that with them, and as they sat down and eat, as he left, everything he told them started building up in here. And that, 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 that confusion they had is overcome. Why? Because of the words which Jesus gave to them. So you know what they did? <coughs> it was late at night. That's why they told Jesus before they knew it was Jesus. Hey, just hang out here overnight. It's getting late. They turned around and they went the seven to eight mile journey back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples. They were energized. Confusion was done. Now it all started to make sense. They started to look at it now, not from their perspective. They looked at it from a scriptural perspective and it all made wonderful sense. And they're like, confusion's done. They're re-energized. And they're like, let's go. The scriptures are like that, are they not? They give energy to those who are about to be faint. Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Listen. You are, going to, you are going to be tempted to stop. You are going to be weary to the point where you don't want to go forward anymore if you're not in the scriptures. By the way, let me remind you, I think you ought to be at church every service and you're the Sunday night crowd and you would say amen. amen. But can I just tell you something? You could come to church every day of the week. That's not going to guarantee you don't quit. I'm just telling you. 
We're, we're not churchians, we're Christians. And you know what Christians live by? They live by the word of God. You need the energy of the word of God. You know, most people only eat spiritually when they come to church. And by the way, when you come to church, we're just kind of dishing out the food. You need to go home and make your own. And, and look, you need to get into the kitchen. This is the kitchen. You know, I've said it before. <coughs> we eat, our family, we take care of it. But look, I guarantee if I go home, and, and there are nights, you know, our families, you know, someone's like, uh, what the, past, the, the one pastor said, you know, there's certain stages in life. One of them is empty nesters. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You know, Emily's a senior in high school. I'm like, what's taking you so long? Let's not follow that other plan here. So that means I'm not in the old folks stage until I have an empty nest. Okay? But listen, it's a, it's a lot smaller now. There are actually times now, very rare still because we have like 3 million grandkids. There are actually times sometimes when we're home and it's just my wife and I. And I'll look at her like, what happened? I don't even know how to act. And sometimes I'll come home, and the girls are doing something, and maybe my wife is doing something, and it's like, listen to me, if I'm hungry and they're not there, I will figure it out. Are you with me? I don't need them. I'll get it on my own. But what happens is <coughs> we come to church, and all, all we're getting is Sunday morning and, and Sunday school and Sunday night, and if you're here, you're here tonight, you're probably Thursday, Thursday night. Well, what about Saturday? Friday? Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday. I just wanted to let you know I could do them in reverse order, okay? Anybody can do them forward. You need to eat. We need the word of God. Life it will, will, be, will be so much better for you if you just get in the word of God. And when confusion comes and when things come, those verses that you've read, those things that you learned, they pop to your mind and say, it's not like that. Satan will drop those negative thoughts in your mind. Oh, this isn't worth it. That, look, Paul could have done it. I'm trying to serve you. They're trying to kill me. <coughs> Alexander, that coppersmith, he's after me. And then one of my own, Demas, he forsook me. What's going on here? But he didn't. These guys were encouraged by the word of God. You're going to face confusing times as well as, as I do. You know Why? Because sometimes we just, <coughs> excuse me, the outcome isn't what we thought it should be. See, you look at things in life and you're thinking, this is what I want. Do you know God has a different plan? Remember, I, I, I haven't told this in a while, but I, I was in Florida and, and uh, I was between jobs. And I really needed a job. The finances were real tough and the bills were being due. And um, so I was working a temporary job to make some money while I was also looking for a full-time job. And I was supposed to work a... <coughs> temporary job that day. I had a one-day job, and, and one of the other guys that was with me, we worked for the same company, he goes, man, I could really use it, and I thought, I'm going to let him take that today, and I'm going to go look for a job. I wasn't even supposed to go out, and the first place I went to was going to hire me, and I thought, this is of God. I mean, I'm supposed to be working. I just dropped into this place. When I went in, they said, we're not hiring anybody. I said, I want to apply anyhow. I used to do this type of work, and as soon as I filled out the application, they're like, wait here. And they went and got the boss, the HR. He hired me on the spot. Pending, okay, a lie detector test. Like, man, I'm a Christian. Nail that bad boy. By the way, and they're like, we got you started. It was a good paying job. Let's go. 
and I went and took the <coughs> lie detector test. I called back, and the guy goes, hold on, let me check the results. He came back, and his voice was very, very different. Go, sorry, can't use you, click. I failed. But I, I mean, you know, have, have you ever taken one? The questions are pretty basic, like tell us this, this. Okay, outside of what you, you could tell them, like I killed four people. It's like, okay, outside of the four people you killed, have you killed anybody else? Like, no. I've been tempted, you know, but. And, and, and I went outside, and I, I, I was really steamed. I walked out of my apartment, and I said, oh, my, I got to go for a walk. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? I'm like, that was a really bad move. I've only done this a couple times. And I'm like, okay, let me explain to you why this job was perfect for me. I've done this work before. It's good pay. It's good hours. I can serve in the blah, 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 blah. Why didn't you give it to me? I don't get it. I, I mean, I have to pay my rent. And then after about a half an hour of that, <coughs> it's like, God's like, are you done? Okay, it's like, yeah, I'm done. He's like, I got this. Now, he didn't talk like that. But I'm like, so by the time I got back to the apartment, I thought, okay, this, I'm just going to trust God. There must be something better. And within a week or so, I had a job where I was the boss, my own hours. And I'm like, you know, Lord, I trusted you straight up in the first place. <laughs> I didn't say that because I didn't want him to strike me dead. But what I was irritated about and confused about because I was feeling the financial pressure, God had something better. But see, but I had my plan. When you have your plan and you try to shoehorn God in, it just doesn't work that way. See, they thought the Messiah was going to be different than what he was. Some of them thought, you know, he's going to help us throw off the Roman rule and we'll be able to get our nation back and, and, and this type of thing. It's like, that's not why he came. But they tried to make his plan their plan. They had trouble believing the encouragement that others were giving to them. He, he, Jesus, it took until they realized who Jesus was before everything Jesus was telling them kicked in. It should have kicked in as soon as he said, let me show you from the scriptures that this is what the Messiah was supposed to do. Isn't that something? We, it's like we know what the Bible says, but we really don't get it until we get pushed to the point where we need it. How many know what I'm talking about? And it's like, oh, I should have known that. Duh. That's how we are. It's very important. We get it the first time. And they wanted their plan <coughs> to be God's plan. If I can encourage you with one thing is this. Don't make your own plans in life. Make God's, let, let God make your plans. Now, I'm not saying run around haphazard and do, do crazy stuff. Don't get me wrong. I've heard people in the name of, of God do s crazy things. Well, I just felt that was God's will. I'm, just, I'm like, bro, that's nobody's will. That's stupidity. Okay, are you with me? That's, that's like tempting God. We're not going to do that. But what I'm saying is sometimes we just plan everything out. And it's like, okay, God, rubber stamp this. And by the way, I'm not saying live your life. <coughs> do what you're supposed to be doing. But always be open to what God has you to do. The testimony, brother. You're working at a church. This is great. I want to be here forever. God's like, I got a different plan for you. I want you to do this. You know how many people fight that? They do. I can give you story after story of guys I went to Bible college with who gave clear testimonies <coughs> that God called them to do something, and they're doing nothing. Not that just went to Bible college and they had no clue. I'm talking about God's called me to preach. This is what God wants me to do. And I know that's what God wants me to do in my life. I, I made that confirmation, 
30 or 40 years later, they're doing nothing. Because somewhere down the line, they chose their plan over God's plan. And when we do that, every single time, we <coughs> are going to be discouraged. And really, the greatest thing that happens when we let confusion cloud our minds, we lose sight of Christ. I mean, he was with them right there. I mean, they didn't think to ask them, like, how do you know all this about the Messiah? Where did you, we haven't seen you with the other disciples. How do you know the scriptures? How do you know this? They, they just didn't catch it. They, didn't, they, they were so focused on their confusion, they weren't focused on Jesus and who he really was. They should have known if he was the Messiah, if they knew what is it in Isaiah 53, that is why he came. But they didn't get it. They didn't see him. In 1952, there was a lady named Florence Chadwick. She decided to be the first woman to, to swim the channel here from Catalina. And so she set out. <coughs> they, it's like, what is it, 26 miles, something like that. And they had a, <coughs> a boat next to her in case she had to, you know, she, she, they, she drowned, you know, if she couldn't make it, they'd bring her in a boat. It was a very, very cold, it was a very, very foggy day. And so she's swimming and she's swimming and, and she's getting tired and she's going it. At the last minute, she goes, I, I just can't finish. And they pulled her out of the wa water. She was one mile away. Later, they asked her and they said, didn't you realize you were one mile away? She goes, I, they were telling me I was close, but it was foggy. I couldn't see the shore. She says, I guarantee if I could have seen the shore, I would have finished, I would have made it. By the way, a year or so later, she went, and it was clear, and she made it. Do you know that's how we are? We're going forward, and we're confused about all these things, and, and what Satan does in any circumstance, when things like that are happening, he wants us to take our focus off of Jesus Christ, because when we do, we'll quit, right? What does it tell us in Hebrews chapter 12? For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners. When we're having hard times in our life, we look to Christ and like, you know what? He went through something that I'll never go through. We get our eyes off of him. Now let me ask you, are you confused? Are, are there things that come into your life and you just don't get it? By the way, if you're waiting for Christianity to make perfect sense in everything in your life, let me explain to you, as someone's been saved for a while, it ain't happening. You try to put God in this little box and this is how he has to react. It's not going to work that way. By the way, that's called living by faith. Lord, I trust that you know best and I trust that whatever you do, as I mentioned this morning, is best. Big difference there. It's one thing to believe that God knows best. It's another thing to trust that whatever is going on in your life for you is best. And these guys got confused. But you know what happened? The word of God that Jesus sowed in their heart. As soon as he left, and as soon as they realized who he is, it clicked. And they were re-energized. How's your relationship with the word of God? <clears throat> Are you giving God any ammunition to use during those times? He has to have something. Okay? He's not going to just, it's not going to just be automatic. You need the word of God. 
How's your relationship to that? Do you have daily times you intake God's word? And I'm not, and I get it. We all, you know, sometimes you're tired, the coffee's not kicking in. I finished it today, that's great. But if that's every day, you got issues. You read the Bible and it jumps out at you. I don't know how many times in my life and other people's life, they're like, I read, this was my scripture reading today. And you know what? It fit exactly what I was going through. It fit exactly what I faced. It's almost like, I don't know, God knows what he's doing. God can do it. But we got to have the word of God in our hearts and in our lives. Let's stand together this evening. <coughs> Let's bow our head and close our eyes for a minute. There's two things I just want to mention, and then we'll have the invitation. Are you confused? Is there, is there something going on in your life that doesn't make sense or maybe it's confusing to you? It's something that you would not necessarily have chosen for your life, but it's there. You got to deal with it. Is there something going on in your life that maybe God's allowing and, and, and look, it's not heretical. It's, we disagree with it. Maybe we need to trust him and let his word run through our lives. <clears throat> Pastors, I feel like I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. <clears throat> you know, tie a, note, tie a knot and hang on. That's great. Let's tie the knot of scripture and hang on to that. Because that's what's going to make the difference. How's your relationship with God's word? You say, Pastor, you mention that all the time. I know. Because I'm pretty sure none of you only eat only two days a week. We've got to have the word of God. It's got to mean everything to us. So pastor, I'm struggling in that area. Maybe we need to shore that up. <coughs> say, but everything's going, you know, pastor, I'll be honest with you. If I were to tell you, I'm not exactly every day in my Bible, I'm kind of hitting this, but things are going okay right now. Can I just tell you something? There's coming a day when things may not be okay. And what we're doing is we're setting ourselves up for that time so that when that thing comes, we're ready to go. God's like, there it is. Remember you read that? Remember you learned that? Now it's time to live it. The piano's gonna play. God spoke to you, why don't you come? Why don't you come?